Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio, hard-hitting talk on your radio. This is the broadcast for, wow, time just flies, man. It's already February the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers were a great, peaceful, restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're doing absolutely fantastic. We are one of the very few broadcasts that are six days a week. That's something really important to kind of understand and think about. Six days a week, we tell the tale of liberty. On the Sabbath, we rest, ladies and gentlemen. Two hours a day, six days a week, hard-hitting talk, always at your fingertips. To recap yesterday's broadcast, it was a barn burner show, folks. First off, we had on Chris Carlson with us, who always says, without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. And we had a discussion of all things liberty. We talked about this Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints leader. His name is Brad Wilcox. And he apologizes for remarks that he made about black members. They say Brigham Young University deeply concerned. Salt Lake Tribune. Huge, huge blogosphere battle. Twitter users going after Wilcox big time. Wrongfully so. Brad, though, in my opinion, makes a huge mistake and apologizes. Brad says, I am committed to do better. Well, I appreciate that, Brad, but you didn't do wrong in the first place, my good brother. <clears throat> yeah, we talked about in 1951, Solomon Ash conducted an interesting Ash, what they call it, conformity experiment at Smortmore College in Smortmore, Pennsylvania. And Ash wanted to see how many of his subjects would fold, would cave, if you will, under peer pressure and confess to obvious wrong answers. Bottom line is people do it all the time. The Ash study was shocking. So the question is now, are they going to change the name of Brigham Young University? Because Brigham Young was a flat out racist. That's a serious question you got to ask. Chris Carlson wisely points out what a messed up world we live in, man. We are seeing the fulfillment of this Isaiah 520, right? Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Amen to that, Chris. You're right as rain on that one, buddy. Uh, anyway, a very good broadcast with him. Now, the statements that were made uh, by Wilcox were not really bad at all. He just simply asked a bunch of questions and said, hey, why are things in the world unfair? You know, why are things different between blacks and whites? And why are things different between Jews and Gentiles? And, you know, a lot of things we don't understand. But his whole point was we need to trust God nevertheless. 
Uh, we need to realize that we should have a gratitude attitude. We should be grateful all the way down to our socks for the good things that God's given us and for the blessings that we have. That was the whole thrust of the talk. Almost an hour-long talk, literally 50 minutes long. Uh, and one little phrase got him in big trouble and everybody melted down. Uh, and he says we should be grateful all the way down to our socks for all the blessings that we have. And we should trust God a little bit more. And his whole focus of the talk was, you know what, don't leave the churches. You know, you've got a big problem in America with people leaving churches. They're leaving religion behind and believing somehow that they're better off without religion. And so Brad focused on how grateful he was for his religion and all the blessings that his religion brought into his life. And he said, so, you know, you can leave the churches if you want, but you know what? I'm telling you, this is all that you're going to miss. Just incredible talk, great stuff. But it all got derailed by the enemies of liberty, by the destroyers of everyone. They want to take down everybody. They're just dividers, conquerors, destroyers. And it happened in the blogosphere. That's one thing, and I expect that to happen. But I don't expect leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I don't expect leaders of Brigham University, uh, Brigham Young University and everybody else to kowtow to these goons. It's unacceptable, and it's got to stop. Ladies and gentlemen, this culture war is real. I'm telling you right now, the culture war is absolutely real. And we cannot just cave at every time someone complains about us. Look, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, like every other organization that has longevity, has had concerns with racism. Not because everybody was such a racist all the time, as much as we're taught, but because we're using today's lens and filter to look back at yesterday's reality. Okay? When you were born into slavery, either the ownership of slaves, the elite, whatever you want to call it, or the opposite side, born in as a slave or brought in as a slave, hey, you grew up with a different mentality about slavery than you would through our lens today. I'm not defending their positions, folks, but I am defending that you cannot judge yesteryear's people by today's lens. It's not a fair assessment or comparison whatsoever. All right, so that's the dishonesty of it all, that our lens is perfect and that our lens is right. What happens later when females and males are so mixed up in 100 years and they say, man, those guys believe that women and men had no differences. How crazy was that? And how, man, men just abused women left and right by pretending they were women and what, okay. You cannot look through the lens of today at yesterday and say, hey, you know, we're going to judge those guys on single issues. Just as you can't take this word phrase out of context for Brad Wilcox. And, and the reason that I'm so mad about this is because people that should be defending Brad absolutely are melting down in the culture war. They're going, oh, my gosh, they're calling Brad a racist. I don't dare defend him or I'll be a racist, too, you know. I'm a racist, you're a racist, wouldn't you like to be a racist too? See, kind of an idea. We've got to stand up and say, no, 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 that's not at all what he meant. You're taking it out of context. Absolutely bogus. Brad's a great dude. He's been so for years and years and years and years. And you know what? Your, content, your comments are taking Brad's comments out of context. They tried to do that to Joe Rogan too. And Joe Rogan melted down and apologized. These people need to get a backbone and quit apologizing and stand up and say, no, you're wrong. I have every right to give comparisons and ask questions as I'm doing in an effort to help people not leave the church and to help people be grateful for the value religion brings to them. And yeah, there's a lot of questions. Why? Why is Sam Bushman blind and my guest can see? Why were, was the gospel brought to the Jews and then the Gentiles? 
Uh, why? You know, we can go on and on and on with the questions. But you know what? The whole point is to, to look at God and say we trust him. We don't know why, but we know that the atonement of Jesus Christ can solve it all someday. Anyway, second hour, we had Dr. Scott Bradley on to preserve the nation. Freedom's Rising said not common. We carried on the theme and we broadened this example uh, to a bunch of things. For example, there's a hidden camera. FDA executive discloses Biden will require annual COVID shots not formally announced because they don't want to get everybody all riled up. Aren't more WND.com with that story. And the FDA executive, his name is Christopher Cole, in a hidden camera interview with a Project Veritas <clears throat> journalist, said that Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible, and this is going to be a fountain of money <clears throat> for Big Pharma. Christopher said, despite the lack of safety and e efficacy data, the FDA will grant emergency use authorization for COVID-19 shots for children from six months to five years of age. It's criminal, folks. The FDA said in a statement on the Project Veritas video that the person purportedly in the video does not cover vaccine matters and is not or does not represent the views of the FDA. However, the gentleman that was interviewed, Cole, Mr. Cole, says that his job with the FDA is to ensure safety and security and effectiveness in response to the pandemic. Cited concerns over long-term use of the vaccines, especially among the younger population. Fauci claims it's risky to take masks off of kids. Fauci's a nutcase, folks. Why does the church refuse to engage in and stand hardcore against abortion? See, all the religions of the day don't really double down hardcore to get rid of abortion. They say they're against abortion. Don't get me wrong. They don't double down and support it. But they don't really move mountains to try to jettison and get rid of it. It's kind of a not touched on topic. Why? Why are all these things happening? Why are we losing the culture war? I believe that the 501c3 status of corporations and churches uh, are afraid of the tax repercussions should the government not be pleased with their stand for morality. We also talked about Republicans pushed Biden to remove federal pandemic mandates. Lies, one headline. Why do I say that? Because the next headline says this. Four Republican senators failed to show up to vote on an amendment that would have defunded the remaining vaccine mandates coming from the Biden administration. It was a 46-47 vote, but several Republican senators caused the problem. We could have won this one, except for these betrayers, these traitorous uh, Republican senators. Mitt Romney of Utah is the first one. Jim Inhofe of Oklahoma is the second one. Lindsey Graham of South Carolina is the third one. And Richard Burr of North Carolina, the fourth one. They simply didn't show up for the vote, so we lost. So don't tell me Republicans tried to get rid of this. They didn't really. They are betrayed by their own swamp members of the party. What a shame that is. We also talked about Russia stages missile exercises as Biden says invasion possibility is very high. What he really means is he's trying to take us to war. Don't let him take us into another unjust war, ladies and gentlemen. Don't do it. Our guest coming up in seconds. I am Sam Bushman. This is indeed Liberty Roundtable Live.
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, back with you live on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman. Thanks for your patience. A long recap because we covered so much news yesterday. It was incredible. I'm telling you right now, we're taking no prisoners. That's just a, uh, you know, not a factual statement. There's not really prisoners, right? Or, you know, we're just telling you. We're getting after it when it comes to telling the truth in the culture war, ladies and gentlemen. Our guest, Eldon Stahl, he's the John Birch Society area coordinator in my area. They call him a field coordinator. The John Burt Society, jbs.org, and the newamerican.com. Welcome back, sir. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, it's great to be on. Great to hear All your right. voice. Any comment on the previous topic really quick? You know, I was glad you stood up for uh, Mr. Wilcox. Uh, I think, uh, you know, there's so much, uh, I guess, bending over backwards. I, I, I attended BYU. I felt that, the, you know, at the time the church has gotten into just uh hypersensitivity to pr and uh you know this seems to be an example that and you know as far as the racism thing um there is a, a for those that are familiar with the book of mormon there's a um scripture that says that uh, that what the devil tries to do is to stir us up to contend with anger one with another and one of the ways of course the marxists do that is through uh racial divisions in the United States and try to say, well, some justice has been done or somebody uh, said something wrong or they try to make it up that they said something wrong and, and stir people up into anger. And uh, usually the anger is, well, uh, then I guess you got to leave the church. You don't, you know, don't, don't be a member of this or that church because 
uh, somehow they are uh, they disrespect some group or something like that. Amen to that. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm just telling you right now, we're all God's children. And I want to know when we're going to start acting like it. We don't need to divide on race. We don't need to divide on male, female. We don't need to be divided on rich and poor and bond and free. And Okay, we need to stand together as children of God, shoulder to shoulder for the sacred cause of liberty. That's what we need to spend our time doing, in my humble opinion, uh, to which I'm entitled. But I'm telling you right now, that's taking advantage of somebody because of their words or misappropriating uh, their statements, taking it out of context. This is a sign of the times prophesied, um, Eldon. Regarding, you know, mm-hmm. hey, dig a pit for that neighbor, take advantage of him because of his words. You know, we're literally fulfilling this prophecy right now with the divisions. It seems virtually everywhere. And I want it to stop, Eldon. Yeah, indeed. That is, uh, well, we, we got to stand up to it. That's when it stops. All right. Joe Rogan, you know, they told you that he got $100 million from Spotify but it turns out now they say it was double what they first thought it was. It was worth at least $200 million, Eldon. $200 million or more was Joe Rogan's contract now, they say. Can you believe that? Wow. Well, uh, that's that's pretty good. He must be bringing in a lot of people. Yeah, I often think that, like I often him. think that yes, Joe Rogan's popular, and a lot of these um, a lot of these uh, hosts are popular that they give these huge deals to, but they're not near as popular as the deal would justify, and I'm convinced that's why a lot of times prices for some of these services are just through the roof. Uh, so I, I I don't know. Yeah. It, it's interesting to me that <laughs> yes, Joe Rogan's popular. Yes, he's worth a lot of money. It, yes, you know it certainly put. Uh, Spotify on the map, but is it really worth $200 million plus for a three-year contract? I have a hard time believing that really pays for itself uh, in reality. $200 million is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Anyway, I just can't believe that it really pays for itself. I really can't. Yeah, I don't know what the, you know, but I guess... People make decisions on what they think something's worth or what they think it might be worth in the future, but it's hard to know. Well, here's what's interesting. Kanye West is in the news, and the reason he's in the news is because he's releasing his new album. Uh, And his new album, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. His last album that he released, I guess uh, it was on his own player, right? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And now he released his new album, but you can't get the new album and yes, you buy his player too. So the new album's like a couple of hundred bucks because you got to buy this player. Um, anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is because the reason he's doing this is he claims that the music artists aren't getting a fair play from Spotify and uh, Google Play and, and you know these big um, services uh, to the point where, hey, it's a problem. Um and they're only getting like 12% of their music. So if I produce music out of every dollar, I'm only getting 12 cents and everybody else is getting rich on me. And he's saying his goal is to jettison that there's starting to be a move for that. And so the point now is, well, if you pay Joe Rogan $200 million, no wonder you don't have any money for people that make music anyway. So Mm -hmm. his thing is called STEM STEM players. What is Kanye West's player is called 
But anyway, I find that whole thing interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, well, it's kind of like the left does in a way. They What they do is they try to control the platform, right? They try to control, say, the presidential debate uh, who hosts that, or they try to control um, how we vote or whatever, right? I think so. And so Kanye West headline, Kanye West says Dante 2, I think, or Danta, or Donda, D-O-N-D-A, Donda 2, um, will boycott streaming platforms. What I find interesting about this is, again, you know, I know Kanye West is very weird in his own way, and I'm not really, a, you know, a fond of rap music per se, but the reason I'm willing to focus on him is he's starting to realize, along with others, that, you know what, we're kind of being played with here with a lot of these streaming services. Um, and I kind of like Kanye's willingness to say, hey, you know what? We're not going to do these streaming platforms. It's a way to fight back. And Joe Rogan fought back against the mainstream media. And Spotify picked him up. And now Kanye's launching something. And hopefully we're seeing a, 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 a shattering of the stranglehold uh, that big media has had on us for literally decades, Eldon. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. I, I, I did catch some uh headline about it and people were some people i guess were upset that they uh, were being asked to buy this player but um it's it's more about the principle too and uh you know breaking the distribution chain that um that it kind of had a stranglehold like you say i find that interesting so it's um donna donta or donda two required 200 stem player he says hey you know what the music services, major streaming platforms, are not fair to artists. And I see that. I totally see that. And that's kind of why I'm saying that it's, it's, it's interesting about this battle. Anyway, we'll, we'll uh, see what happens with this. Um, but, you know, Kanye West, get a few other big, huge people, Joe Rogan, Kanye West, a few people team up, and you know what? They might be in the run for their money there on this one, Eldon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, it, uh, you know, you have something like that, and they can uh, team up, and um, it can really revolutionize the, uh, you know, the, the industry. Anyway, artists get only 12% of the money the industry makes. It's time to free music, Kanye says from this oppressive system. It's time to take control and build our own. Now, that, ladies and gentlemen, is really what I want to focus on. You know, that's, Kanye West is right on the whole point. If we want to change the game, we have got to build our own. And you can say, well, man, Kanye shouldn't do that. It'll hurt his sales. He doesn't care he's a billionaire, folks. He doesn't care. His goal is to change the game. And you know what? It's people like Donald Trump. It's people like Kanye West. It's people like us that make a difference. We see things, and people have laughed at me for not putting our stuff on Google and all these different places where there's a lot of ad revenue. And they're like, Sam, if you just monetize your stuff through Google, you could be somebody. You know, you could be big. You could be. And my response is no, no, no. And everybody just kind of mocked me and went, okay, well, you'll never get big like us. And, you know, I've had a lot of friends in the industry say this kind of stuff. Now they're all melting down because they've been blackballed and shut down and, 
you know, deplatformed and everything else. And me, I don't care. You could say our entities are little, but you know what? So far, they haven't been able to shut us down. Now, yeah, they can shut down the whole Internet. But other than that, we run our own stuff, people. We partner with people that can be swapped out for somebody else should it go wrong. I bring this all up because whether it's homeschool or anything else, we're going to have to create our own, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we're going to have to realize that if we want to make a difference, we're going to have to do our own thing, build our own. If we build it, will they come is the question, huh? All right, when we come back, presidential elections. You got betting odds now that have Donald Trump as clear favorite in 24. Eldon's thoughts in seconds on your radio. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Leaders in eastern Ukraine have ordered a full military mobilization amid growing fears in the West that Russia is planning to invade the neighboring country. The announcement coming on Saturday amid a spike in violence along the line of contact between Ukrainian forces and the pro-Russian rebels in recent days. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg reminding Russia at the Munich Security Conference on Saturday. NATO is a defensive alliance. We are not threatening Russia or anyone else. But we will take all necessary measures to protect and defend all allies. Russian President Vladimir Putin is overseeing military exercises taking place in Moscow by Russia's nuclear forces. The drills include launching ballistic missiles. USA Radio News. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Canadian trucker Harold Joinker is among those calling for an end to COVID vaccine mandates in his country. He tells Fox News he plans to keep attending protests at Ottawa's Parliament Hill. We're not giving up. They can try this. They can put an emergency act in on a peaceful protest. But we know we're in the right. We know that we're doing the right thing. And and we're looking forward to a a beautiful family uh, weekend up on the hill. Canadian police say they've arrested over 100 peaceful protesters in downtown Ottawa. The National Archives says former President Trump took classified materials with him to Mar-a-Lago when he left the White House. The agency saying the Justice Department has been consulted about the matter. The highly sensitive material in question is being described by the National Archives as classified national security information. Find us online at usaradio.com. 
This is USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Eldon Stahl on your radio. Presidential elections, ladies and gentlemen. Betting odds now have Donald Trump as clear favorite in 2024. First off, what do you think of that, Eldon? Well, that doesn't really surprise me, actually. It seems to me that people that I uh, uh, talk with that are, you know, kind of conservative-leaning or Republicans, um, they seem to still like Donald Trump quite a bit, generally. So, uh, you know, I and then um, not a whole lot of people, even Democrats, really, seem to like Joe Biden. Uh, so... <laughs> Now, what do you think? You know, now, here's the question for you. Would you vote for Donald Trump? Will you vote for him in 2024? Well, I guess I'd consider it. I'll have to have to look. Um, he's He's been, uh, you know, relatively speaking, I thought um, he did quite well as a president. Um, not everything he did I agreed with, but um, but we'll see. You know, I will not vote for Donald Trump. Um, you know, I, I, I'm trying to be kind here, and I appreciate a lot of what Donald Trump has done. Okay, I'm very fair about pointing out the good that he's done. Uh, I get criticized from both sides. Some say, Sam, how dare you promote the good that he's done when he's done so much wrong? And others say, Sam, how dare you ignore the good that he's done? I try to do both. I try to be candid and open and tell you what I think he's done wrong and tell you what I think he's done right. Be honest about what he's done wrong and say why what I think would be uh, the real answer or the you know the differences and I articulate why I have a difference. I also praise him when he does right, ladies and gentlemen. But you know what? I would not vote for Donald Trump. So will you vote for Donald Trump in 2024? No, I will not. So that's kind of uh, my take on it. I, I appreciate that he's done a lot of good, but he's also done a lot of bad. I mean, you look at the country, by their fruits shall you know them. Do we have a better country after Donald Trump or before? It's hard to say, but as a whole, hmm. I'd say we slid backwards quite a bit there now. So if you look at the fruits, I would say I don't know that we gained a lot of headway. He brought up a lot of important issues. He clarified a lot of things. He stood for the right in some things but couldn't move the needle in any way. So I'm grateful that he stood up for those things. But you know what? As a whole, I think the country is worse off after the Donald uh, than before. What do you say to that, uh, Eldon? Well, you know, I think there's some something to be said for that. What, what I tend to observe with Trump's presidency is that it illustrated the importance of Congress. There's only so much, really, that the president can do. And, uh, you know, he was up against uh, people that were supposedly on his side, but, uh, you know, weren't, weren't supportive of his agenda for the most part. There's a few things that he pushed that I thought were really bad, actually, but... Um, it's just, you know, really we should be focusing on Congress more. If, if we get a, a liberty leaning Congress, a constitutional Congress, uh, that's much more powerful than getting, you know, the right guy or whatever you want to call it in, in the presidency, actually, even though the president has a lot of power there, you know, if Congress really wants to push back, they can, and they will, and they'll be victorious over a president. 
Yeah, you're right about that. And I will say this, uh, you know, in, in, in my opinion, again, I'm not here to attack President Trump, but I, I look at it and say, you know what? We didn't really gain a lot of ground on pro-life. The states gained quite a bit of ground. Donald was pro-life, and I commend him for it. He did a lot more than any other president. Some would say, well, he didn't do enough, Sam. I know, but I'm going to give him acknowledgement for what he did do. Uh, he tried to jettison Obamacare, but you know what? The Republican Party wouldn't let him. The swamp monsters wouldn't let him. But again, I look yep. at it and say we're in way more debt than we were before. Way more as a yep. country. I mean, Donald Trump ballooned the debt. We didn't really have any serious, serious change. We didn't abolish any government entities. In fact, we created some. Uh, we didn't really move the needle on pro-life. Um, yeah, Donald Trump did a few things that just got reversed by Joe. So, for example, take the Escalante Monument. In other words, a, a big old government land grab, right? He reduced it, but then, hey, Biden just came back and grew it back to normal. So really nothing was gained. Uh, most of what Donald did was by executive order, which I don't support. And then, hey, it got overturned by executive order, which, again, I don't support. And so I don't mean to be offensive and yeah. look at it, but I say, what would Donald accomplish uh, if he were in office again? Well, he'll he'll take issue on the border, Sam. He'll get that done. Wait a minute. I saw a lot of talk. Maybe we repaired some sections of the wall, but I didn't really see a whole lot done. All Biden did is reverse it. Now we have double. Listen to me carefully. Now we have double the problems at the border than we had uh, a year ago when uh, Donald was in charge. So can I blame that on Biden? Absolutely. But the point is that, hey, Trump didn't put in lasting change. He just put in his own ideas that got it instantly reversed. Never mind the Constitution in either case. Eldon? Yeah, and that, once again, I think underscores the importance of Congress, really, because you can get a president that what what Trump ended up doing in many cases was uh, executive orders. Um, but once he left office, a new president changed those executive orders. Um, you know, and one thing that actually, you know, Biden undid a lot of things that Trump did early on, but he is not pushing against the USMCA. So we warn people against that, that, oh, well, Trump knows what he's doing, right? Um, that got through. Well, for some reason, Biden seems to really like the USMCA. He's not, he's not pushing to change that. So think about that. <clears throat> this is not a joke, ladies and gentlemen. We really had the number of migrants encountered at the southern U.S. border in January nearly doubled that of January 2021. In other words, a year ago uh, when Joe Biden took office. Uh, that's according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection what do they call that, CBP? Uh, that's what they reported on Friday. Yep. I, I just look at that and go, man. Huh. I don't know how to respond to that. That number is staggering. 154,000 yeah. people in January alone, Eldon. Yeah, it's just a monumental amount, and uh, it's, it's just a criminal thing. Uh, I think there's a... Uh, I think there's a bill being introduced to impeach President Biden over this. Uh, now, probably it wouldn't get anywhere until after the midterm elections. But, uh, you know, this is rising to the level of uh, something that's um, seditious or treasonous. 
to uh, just just open up our borders and let our country be just overswept with people that uh, um, have not been assimilated, maybe don't have any uh, reason to or desire to be assimilated. Uh, that that changes a country. We know from history we can push we can point back on so many different um, examples of that. All right. Anyway, that, again, would defend Donald Trump because he did some good on the border, right? I mean, think about it. He chopped in half compared to Biden's uh, numbers on the border. But you know what? Again, we don't have lasting change in any area. We just have the whim of the man in power or whatever you want to say. None of that is constitutional. None of that is appropriate checks and balances. I say that the real area that we can work on, as uh, Eldon says, is Congress, number one, uh, because we need to hold them accountable for sure. This idea that we're going to go to war with somehow Russia and, um, you know, whatever, the Ukraine. and Okay, why are we even there? Why do we think we need to be involved at all? Okay, but this unjust, unconstitutional, yeah. immoral war is, is, is just one issue. Is that designed to distract from the COVID failures of the administration or the economic inflationary reality that we're facing right now? You know, what's the goal here? What's the reality? Um, but whether it's Donald or anybody else, we cannot blame the problems on one man. And I don't believe that the solutions are in Washington, D.C. I think it's too far broken now. I think they're all subject to, uh, in my opinion, what's called dark money. They're all part of the deep state with rare exception. Uh, say a Rand Paul and a Ron Paul and a few others may not be. Um, but you know what? They do their very best and can't move the needle on things either. I think the answer is to turn to the states and get great state legislative bodies that will reject federal mandates and reject and learn to nullify now and learn to stand on their own two feet as a state. We don't need to have a convention of states or a constitutional convention or any of those kind of things. What we need to do is stand up as states and demand accountability. Uh, and the only way states are going to be able to do that is if they get off the doll, if they quit just you know, turning to the Fed for filthy lucre, and if they stand up for what matters, morality and integrity, and, hey, we're going to have transparent, accountable voting around here. I don't care what the Feds do. We're doing it right in our state. We're going to have to have states that double down and buckle up and, and really take this seriously. What we want to do is go to the extreme. Let's have a con-con. Let's secede from the union. No, those are all drastic, crazy actions. Why don't we just try the simpler things like nullify now and balance our budget and quit defending on the feds for anything except for national security and a few other things. But you know what? Why don't we get our own houses in order? I think state by state, that's what we ought to be doing. We'll have uh, Eldon Stahl respond to that in just a second. And then an interesting question about Israel coming up on your radio. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married. 
and have some kids. If the COVID-19 shot is safe and effective, then why are 20% of healthcare workers refusing to get it? If the COVID-19 injection is safe and effective, then why is big tech silencing anyone who opposes it? If the COVID injection is safe and effective, then why is our federal government's reporting system recording over 14,000 deaths from the vaccine and an additional 650,000 plus serious adverse reactions. If the COVID shot is safe and effective, then why did Dr. Gert Vandenbosch, recognized as one of the world's chief vaccine experts, risk his entire career and his reputation to plead with the medical community to immediately halt all COVID-19 vaccinations, calling mass COVID vaccinations an uncontrollable monster? Doesn't sound very safe and effective. Maybe it's time to call a spade a spade. At no time in history have the people forcing others into compliance been the good guys. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for Governor. VoteBundy.com All right, live and on your radio, Sam Bushman, Eldon Stahl. Eldon Stahl is the field coordinator for the John Birch Society, doing a great job, jbs.org. And the newamerican.com, we got to have more folks like Eldon doing a great job. The number of migrants at the southern border is literally double what it was when Donald had the reins. But does the United States need to strengthen its relationship with Israel? That's an interesting question Christians are asking now. Before it was a given, oh my gosh, you got to defend Israel if, it, if it's biblical. If you don't, my gosh, you're an infidel. Now people are starting to realize, hey, you know what? The current government of Israel is not the biblical Israel we're talking about. They're just out of control. Uh, the USS Liberty attack proves the point back in 1967, and the hostile, strange, weird relationship has been going on since. So some are saying, you know what? Does the United States need to strengthen its relationship with Israel? Do we need to keep giving them money and, and military capabilities and, quote, protection status and everything? I say the answer is no. What do you say, Eldon? Yeah, and that's actually what uh, George Washington said in his farewell address, essentially. He said that it's really unhealthy for a republic to have a, um, you know, a specific favor or disfavor toward a certain country um, or countries, uh, because that would, uh, that would make it so that you'd, you'd make decisions based upon some sort of uh, artificial alliance and of course things change in in different governments over time uh it just really it it gets to be very messy and that's really what we've seen with uh you know Israel is probably a good example but there's other countries where we said okay we 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 don't like this country at all we're going to be um hostile toward them or uh we we like this country therefore we're going to you know give them all these all these favors and assume that they can do no wrong um israel uh as a country as a as a government uh it changes over time and you know of course there's people that can argue well okay this is the country this is what god referred to as israel that we should favor or whatever okay well you might believe that you might not but uh why why should it be uh you know, our tax dollars and forcing our neighbors to fund with their tax dollars this thing that, you know, some people believe is, um, you know, God's uh, anointed country or, or group uh, representing um, 
the descendants of Jacob, who was named Israel later in the Bible, uh, you know, that's that's certainly something that's probably going to be debated for years and years, what exactly that means. But um, it just, Washington said we, sh- we should not, not be having entangling alliances. So that, of course, would include the UN, NATO, all these other alliances that we're in. Get us involved in wars a, and things. I kind of think it's a matter of authority uh, as well. You know, where is the authority to say we're going to give Israel special treatment and we're going to distribute Eldon's family wallet or my family wallet or whatever? In other words, where's the authority to say, you know what, we're going to advocate for this so much so that we're, we're going to literally, at the point of a government gun, um, you know, take your money so that we can give it to Israel? Where's the authority? for that constitutionally speaking eldon yeah there's not there's not i mean we we should be uh having uh neutrality we shouldn't be having this great um uh favoring one country or another it just it just gets us involved in problems that's that was a great wisdom in the founders but we've uh, we've abandoned that most people i think have never read a lot of people never even heard of uh Washington's farewell address or or how the founders viewed um, foreign policy. Now they're just taught all these things that are out of the mind of Woodrow Wilson or something that we should just, you know, try to look for dragons to slay across the world and somehow that's going to work out really well and not make any more enemies. Uh, We should be um, part of NATO and if somebody attacks Moldova or, or some little country that happens to be part of NATO, then all of a sudden that's our uh, obligation to go to war to defend them. And, uh, you know, now we're looking at going to war in the name of Ukraine, which I'm pretty sure is not a state of the United States. Um, okay, well, if Russia attacks them, um, you know, I guess you could you could have military operations to get Americans out of there. But, uh, you know, there's our military, you got to draw the line somewhere. And of course the appropriate line is, well, one country takes care of their, their own and the other country takes care of their own. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's really important to understand this. And why do I spend so much time? People are thinking, Sam, why are you discussing Israel like this right now? Um, the reason that I am is because I really think that, you know what, <clears throat> How do we say Israel's going to be favored? We're going to go ahead and fund them militarily speaking. We're going to protect them. We're going to help train them. We're going to do whatever to give them, quote, special privilege status. And then how do we, and this is what I don't understand, decide that Russia's the enemy. Ukraine's got to be defended. You know, what What guidelines, what legitimate, I don't know what word to use here. Uh, but authority do we believe is granted to us to make all these decisions internationally when we're tampering with the sovereignty of other nations, Eldon? Yeah, there's I mean there's no uh, legitimacy for that unless you uh, like well like Joe Biden he's he's admitted in the past that he is a big fan of the new world order world government that's what he wants uh, of course that involves getting rid of the sovereignty of nations that involves building up a world authority over other nations to tell them how they should run their affairs and intervening 
between in disputes among other nations and saying, well, uh, we're going to decide who's right and who's wrong in this dispute, whatever it is. Um, that just runs rush out over the concept of sovereignty, of course, and says, you know, um, we're just going to um, entrust some people at the inter international level to decide these things. Well, they're not going to be anywhere um, better at deciding those things than the people that are local. Government drives it just power from the consent of the governed. If you look at the Declaration of Independence, I don't see where we've given government authority to do this at all, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have a congressional declaration of war. We don't have mark and reprisal in place. We don't have constitutional congressional authority or reality for this whatsoever. And that's kind of the problem that I'm having with this thing. Look, I'm not defending Russia. I'm not defending the Ukraine. I'm not defending Israel. What I'm saying to you is, hey, we ought not be involved because the anger, the hatred, the repercussions, the blowback becomes very perilous, to say the least. And it doesn't do America any good to be there. Now, do I think Russia's right? No, I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? I don't think that we ought to be involved in Russia, Ukraine matters at all. And I think what we really need to focus on is our own country. How do we make sure we don't slide into a communist, socialist abyss ourselves? Uh, Eldon? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, we've we've had so much intervention in different nations. It's just ridiculous. And uh, and a lot of the stuff has blow, come to um, blow back in our face uh, as a country. Uh, a lot of countries, the people just are, are suspect of the United States uh, and involvement uh we've got enough enough problems ourselves but uh yeah and if you go to the average person and say hey you know you think we should go to war, war with russia over ukraine and you know the united states they say well why why would we do that what what would be the advantage to that um is there a need for that as russia attacked the united states um no i mean why would we spend blood and treasure on that that's something for them to figure out, and they can they can figure that out. Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious business, and I bring this up because you know what? A lot of people say we're not going to war. You got Tucker Carlson, uh, and a lot of people uh, mocking Joe, saying, "Come on, Joe, we're not even close." Joe's confident that war is imminent. Well, I don't know the truth, but here's what I know. If you have high-ranking military leaders behind the scenes pushing Joe to war, um, it doesn't seem to me from past history, since history repeats itself, that we're going to be able to avoid war. Sadly, these leaders have been able to uh, advocate for and promote war virtually at every turn. And every time we think we might be able to jettison that narrative, we seem to go right back into it. We seem to just double back down. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. We thought we averted that one, and now we're going to war. We virtually are in over 130 nations, militarily speaking, and we've literally had war, not on our shores, not in our country necessarily, but we've literally lived with war as part of our, I don't know what word you want to call it, part of our reality is the best way I can describe it, for our whole lives, Eldon. Yes, we have. And uh, this has happened, um, especially after we joined the United Nations. Supposedly, this was to end wars and to promote peace. 
Well, uh, now we've gotten in all these alliances and things. Uh, the NATO is part of the UN, so is CETO. Um, other regional arrangements, those are part of the UN. But, uh, you know, basically the United States military has become the enforcement arm for the United Nations and just to enforce their decrees. Um, so the decision for going to war has has um, been transferred over to the president and over to international bodies rather than to people that are elected by you and me, that's Congress. Uh, so it, we go to war much more lightly. We, we uh, send our military in to interfere in different places uh, with much more abandon with that. Um, so the first thing we need to do really is to get out of the UN to repeal the United Nations Participation Act, uh, get out of NATO as well, uh, not be obliged to uh, go to war. And if some one of the 23 or so nations, I think, um, gets attacked or has something, uh, no, we're, we're, we're not going to be tied to that. If we go to war, it's got to be supported by the people who elect the Congress. And that's how it should be. All right. Anyway, I know I'm spending maybe more time on it than people think I should, but really, I believe if we're not very careful, uh, Joe's going to lead us into war. And it might be to distract from the inflation and from the economy woes. It might be to distract from his failures on COVID and the reality there. Or his legislative agenda might be stalled, and so he's going to, quote, up the ante by war. And then, hey, while we're focused on war, he'll focus on selling us down the river there. Uh, you know, it's so hard to say what these guys are doing at this point. I don't have, uh, you know, a crystal ball or anything, but I'm telling you, we have got to avoid war at all costs, ladies and gentlemen. we got a whole lot more in Hour 2. Eldon Stahl is going to stay with me, breaking down the news that networks refuse to use like nobody's business. Who hits it hard six days a week like the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live nationally syndicated radio talk show, huh? All right. Just thought we'd bring that to your attention. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. For Sam and Eldon, Hour 1 of the Can, Hour 2 coming up. We declare this nation shall endure. Donate. Every penny will help us promote our goal in the media and our lives. Every donation will help, right? And someone just decides they just got to keep calling and calling and calling. Never mind we're on the radio, right? All right. Anyway, thanks for being alongside for the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, we declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word and God save the Republic. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, and happy to have you along, my fellow American Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I was refused to use, no doubt, continues now, my fellow Americans. Wow, we have so much going on, it's hard to even focus on it all, ladies and gentlemen. This is indeed the broadcast for February the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two in the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country. We use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, for our guide. The checks and balances are brilliant and one of the great solutions at our fingertips. We reject revolution and we stand for peaceful 
restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast, Eldon Stahl, with me riding shotgun today. He's the field coordinator in my area for the John Birch Society, JBS.org, doing a phenomenal job, thenewamerican.com. And wow, we talked about a lot last hour. Does the United States need to strengthen its relationship with Israel? Wow, we talked about war and how to avoid it and that unjust wars are a serious problem. Last hour, quite a bit, Eldon Stahl. But you know what? The top of the hour news was full of Biden really trying to go to war with everybody, wasn't it? Oh, yes. He seems to really like war. And uh, I, I wasn't too surprised that he's uh, going down this route of saying, OK, we need to we need to find somebody to go to war with. It, it seems like people have been trying to figure out some way to go to war with Russia for years and years. OK, let's let's figure out some excuse that uh, finally cooler heads prevailed. Uh, this time, of course, they hope that they're going to be w- able to whip people up into a frenzy enough. So they say, you know what, we're, we're going to go to war with Russia for something I don't know, for some reason. And uh, who knows how long we would have our troops there. Uh, we've had troops in Afghanistan for 20 years. And uh, we got out in the worst way, didn't we? We we really uh, got out in the worst way. And uh, let's see how long we can have troops in uh, Ukraine now, huh? Yes. Um, anyway, I don't want to focus on that forever because there's just so much there, right? It just seems to never end, and we can focus on it forever. Uh, But this war question really uh, makes me look internally, too, to a great degree, uh, Eldon. And there's two articles that I want to highlight. One of them is by Patrick J. Buchanan. Pat Buchanan does a phenomenal job, in my opinion. And he wrote a column uh, recently, and and when I say recently, I mean it was several weeks ago that he put it out, but I wanted to highlight it. Headline says, is, quote, democracy dying? or America disintegrating, Patrick J. Buchanan. Buchanan.org is the website for that. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's a great question. First off, we don't have a democracy, so I know what he's trying to say, but I want to clarify that reality uh, while I have the chance. But is democracy dying, or is America disintegrating? Well, you think about that question. It's a great question. But then you look at the article on the John Birch Society website right now. It's an article and a video. A slippery slope to socialism. Art Thompson, JBS.org. And Art really, in my opinion, digs into this in a very uh, meaningful, appropriate way. He's kind of saying, hey, what gives? What What's the deal with this, right? Um. I think it's an important question and something that we want to talk about in detail with Eldon in just a second. But let's hear what Art Thompson has to say first, shall we? You've heard us refer to the campaign to support your local police many times on this broadcast and on the entire spectrum of the John Birch Society website. The United States is known for its American exceptionalism and the idea of local police beholding to the local citizens through their local government is unique to America. The situation in Canada today is an example of why we must hold on to this type of police power and not let it grow into federal and then international police power. If local corruption exists, we can handle it through several means to correct it by local citizens. If federal corruption exists in law enforcement, then we come under a dictatorship. And that is what we are witnessing in our neighbor to the north. 
Whether you agree with the tactics of the truckers in their protest against the COVID-19 regulations or not, it is obvious that the National Government of Canada doesn't and is moving to curtail their protests from Vancouver, British Columbia, all across Canada to the capital of Ottawa. Trudeau has declared the truckers terrorists from the beginning of their protest and has now declared a national emergency under the Emergency Act and has ordered law enforcement at all levels across Canada to enforce it. In addition, he has stated that they will move to cancel the insurance of the truckers and seize bank accounts. Also, they will regulate all cryptocurrency. They can do this because they have a hybrid system of police in Canada where they have provincial police as well as the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, which has jurisdiction over any local police departments. If the RCMP says this is the way it is, then all police have to obey from the Pacific to the Atlantic. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police is a combined international, federal, provincial, and municipal force. They operate under one federal code, and training is all standardized. Most of the provinces contract with the RCMP for law enforcement, and RCMP officers participate in United Nations peacekeeping operations through the International Police Peacekeeping and Peace Operations Program of the UN. In other words, the police system in Canada is interwoven federally and internationally. In the United States, the highest police authority is the sheriff, and no federal authority can come in and dictate to the sheriff who is elected by the people. The same is true of local police department if they stand up. In Canada, if Trudeau gives an order, all of the police in Canada have to obey. It is an example of the dangers of centralized policing. No police department in Canada can disobey the edicts of the Canadian government, or in this case, the prime minister. The police answer to the orders of a socialist to the detriment of the people. This is a socialist country which we have entered into a free trade agreement, along with a corrupt Mexico, that now controls much of the trade of our country as well as the beginning of encroachment into our banking, manufacturing, and so much more, as a result of the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement, and all under the watchful eye of the United Nations. If you have not read the USMCA agreement, then you should. We will provide a direct link below. It is an eye-opener to the loss of control by American citizens over our economy by an international committee and the UN. Canada is a neighbor, and for many years a friendly one, but not in the hands of socialist leadership. The people of Canada generally are friendly, but there is a campaign by the socialists there to create animosity towards America. All we want to do is to point out herein today that what we see happening in Canada today with our police could well happen here if we do not support our local police and keep them independent. American citizens cannot allow our local police to come under any level of federal regulation, guidelines, training, financing, etc. It's a slippery slope leading to totalitarianism, especially under such leadership as a Joe Biden or his ilk. 
When discussing the issue with people, ask the question if they would like to see the same system of law enforcement here as they have demonstrated in Canada. It is that way because they do not have the American system of local police beholding the local citizens through their local government. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, doing a great job, Art Thompson, John Birch Society. Uh, and I just kind of want to mention that, uh, you know, this is serious business. Because, uh, you know, what we see around the world often t- comes to our, uh, to a, a theater near us, if you will. <laughs> Eldon? Oh, indeed. Yeah, and, and this really, it's really nice to have a little commentary that, uh, kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. What does this mean for us? What sh- what should we learn from this? What are some key takeaways from uh, what we observe happening in other countries? And uh, yeah, uh, Art Thompson sure puts it into perspective that, boy, uh, we need to appreciate uh, and support the system of having locally controlled, locally uh, funded uh, police because uh, that's that's how they're able, you know, you look at what's going on in uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, other countries, uh, Germany, which uh, a lot of times people think of as free countries. Well, because they have this consolidated police, they're able to do these things and uh, put people in jail for, you know, not wearing a mask or, um, you know, like in, in Canada, just happening to be doing a peaceful protest, which... We, you know they're not they're not doing Molotov cocktails or anything like that in Canada. They're they're peacefully protesting. So that's uh, uh, really underscores the the difference there. While the truckers remain peaceful, ladies and gentlemen, they're not breaking things. They're not destroying property. They're not causing massive trouble. They're simply wanting a redress of grievance, and they're simply wanting to peacefully assemble. Uh, to express that they want their free speech they want their rights to choose as they will they want autonomy over their body and over their conscience but you know what headline from uh, the epoch times just sent right now or i just got it right now says this mounted police that's canada right mounted police knock protesters down as over 100 are arrested in ottawa Okay, they're getting out of control, ladies and gentlemen. Trudeau is on a bender. He's out of control. What are they going to do in Canada is the real question. Is it going to mirror that reality in America very soon when the, quote, American truckers get a rolling? Liberty Roundtable live in seconds. We'll talk about it. Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. 
The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. Oh, man, so much to discuss, so little time, right? Well, the question becomes, you know, in Canada, the convoy's been going on for quite some time. They're really trying to show their displeasure uh, with the government's mandates and out-of-control edicts. Uh, And so in Canada, they've been, you know, really trying to have a peaceful assembly. I mean, it was so peaceful, they were having barbecues and kids were jumping in bounce houses and on one hand it seemed like a lot of fun on the other hand it seemed like danger was at every turn i'll tell you what but in canada though then justin trudeau got out of control mounted police now knock protesters down over 100 arrested in ottawa alone the leaders are being arrested harassed they're literally freezing bank accounts they're literally calling these people terrorists well here's the deal ladies and gentlemen is uh, America, or the United States, if you will, uh, close behind? What's going to happen in the United States? Headline says, U.S. trucker convoy departing California, headed to D.C. to protest Biden COVID uh, mandates. Uh, wow. To see what's going on in Canada right now and then see that the United States is about to follow suit, I wonder what's going to happen. Eldon. Yeah, it's hard to know. Um, you know, there we should recognize at least that in the United States there is a significant uh, contingency of people that uh, they view rights as things that are granted from government. Uh, and the only thing that's really standing in the way of them uh, completely implementing that idea is the Constitution of the United States. Uh, Canada, they've har- had the Charter of uh, Rights uh, but the basic uh, idea implied in the Charter of Rights in Canada is that rights come from government. They declare that these rights exist. They'll only be subject to such limitations as shall be provided by law, which basically means that uh, they're privileges and not rights. Um, but in the United States, we at least have uh, uh, in writing in our uh, documents, the, the founding documents and, and things, um, that these rights come from God and they shall not be infringed by the government, a period. Now, we need people to stand up for that. And, of course, we need people to stand up against having some sort of um, convention for proposing amendments to the Constitution. 
because of course that idea is going to be woven into there uh, to try to say that well okay government can uh, uh, for example you you have the right to uh, keep and bear arms when serving in the militia Uh, people want to change it to that or reasonable restrictions on the right to keep and bear arms shall only be made by government, something like that to change the Second Amendment. I mean, there's there's all kinds of ideas for just empowering government to run roughshod over our rights. Any so predictions? I know, it, I know it kind of takes a crystal ball, uh, Eldon, but any predictions of what you think is going to happen in America? Are we going to get uh, Joe Biden getting crazy like that? Are we going to have D.C. police just get out of control crazy? They've set the stage with January 6th in D.C. to say, hey, you even come to D.C. to peacefully uh, have a peaceful assembly to express your redress or, you know, pr- push for a redress of grievance, whatever you want to say, exercise your freedom of the press, freedom of speech, freedom to assemble. Uh, you know what? We're not going to tolerate this in D.C. because it's going to the terrorists are going to get us again. We got to uh, are we headed the same way as Canada? Or are we going to have cooler heads prevail? Well, I would think that uh, considering what happened at the January 6th and the, all the uh, agitation for treating these people as terrorists, that uh, that's that's going to hold sway, especially if you got the uh, the FBI involved in other federal agencies their mindset is often that and and also federal government is training uh local police to think of that in that manner to think that these people are um you know somehow we should have special emergency powers or something to deal with people that have just happened to want to insist that their rights as recognized under the constitution and bill of rights uh, should be respected so it's, right. uh, but you know we do have we do have the uh, uh, Constitution and the Republic. If if we insist on it, if we keep it, we need to insist on it. Well, and that's really where I think education is the only answer we have at this point, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, and it's hard for me to know whether to back the truckers or not. You know what? I back their right to peacefully assemble. Okay. And this is where I don't, I, don't take, I don't take individuals, I don't pick sides, I just look at principle. And that's how I want to break everything down. I'm not interested in who's right or who's wrong. I'm interested in what's right and what's wrong. And I'm interested in telling the tale in a way that makes sense for everybody to understand. Look, base your judgments about these things on principle every time. So, do the truckers have the right to peacefully assemble? Yes, they do. Absolutely. Do they have a right to uh, express their free speech? Does the press have a right to be there and have freedom of the press and cover it? Do they have a right to uh, air their redress of grievance issue? Absolutely. So when you look at it that way, you say, well, hey, they do. But at the same time, do they have the right to block bridges, uh, shut down society? Uh, No, they don't. Their rights end where mine begin and vice versa. Uh, So when does government have the right or have the duty uh, to crack down and say, "Uh uh-uh, this is a problem? And that's kind of where the rub is. Um, and I don't, I don't know how to respond to this exactly because I don't support Trudeau and his actions. Uh, at the same time, uh, you know, where do we go with this kind of a thing? When does a, a peaceful assembly that you have a right to do turn into a, a problem for the rest of us? And the sad part is I believe that the truckers were peaceful. I think at first they did do things to try to let traffic and, and society continue. 
Uh, but then I think when government started to crack down, then the peaceful assembly people start to push back. And before you know it, it turns into a protest. And before you know it, it gets. And then what happens? So I bring this up because there's a fine line here we're talking about. And every case is not the same. Uh, but at some point, though, I don't know that I back the truckers when, when cops are arresting people, when bank accounts are being frozen, when gas is being stolen, when vehicles are being impounded, when violence starts to break out, when at some point you got to say, well, hold on, uh, what am I backing and what am I not backing? Eldon, your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, it's, it's always difficult because um, pro- protests, can be easily hijacked by a small number of people, as we saw on January 6th, uh, to something that is uh, conflated by the media. And with a broad brush, they try to kind of vilify everybody that's involved in a protest. Uh, at the same time, if the media is sympathetic, uh, you, you just get a, a few shots uh, of the people with the camera and make them look like uh, a huge group in support of some wonderful cause that the media celebrates. So um, it's always been a, a very difficult thing to um, to control that way so far as the, the image that the public sees and the impressions that people get. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's very difficult to know because I do support the truckers and I do support everybody's right to peacefully assemble. I don't care if it's in Canada or the United States. But when does it run off the rails? I don't know. But you combine all these rumors of wars and war mentality ideas, combine it with COVID lockdowns, mask mandates, uh, forced vaccinations, uh, protests in the streets. You put all that together and then you add to it Joe Biden's failure, economically speaking. Headline says, did economics, they call them now um, Bidenomics. I don't know if you've ever heard of Bidenomics, but there you go. Bidenomics, driving cost of living flat out of reach for most Americans, headline says. Do you want to respond to that one? Well, it's becoming that way. It's kind of like when, when, uh, I guess, Carter was president, right? Old stuff was going up. Yes, sir. uh, But I don't know that this is uh, necessarily something you can pin right on Biden, because uh, the spending spree certainly started in a really big way under Trump, because uh, Congress was pushing this idea of, well, let's let's just spend like crazy in the name of fighting COVID and and the uh, you know the side effects of the government just shutting things down and all that. So it's a government created problem. But uh, of course, finally, with such massive spending, just like. You know, just like Ron Paul said, right? He he warned us that, hey, there's going to be some inflation. There's going to be some consequences to that, and uh, your the buying power of your dollar is just going to go down. I agree with Eldon Stahl. You can't just blame it on Biden. Sadly, politically, they um, have a little bit of political capital that everybody can spend. And man, you lose big when they pin the tail on the donkey. They pin the whole economy meltdown on Biden, so it's now it's Bidenomics. You got Obamacare and Bidenomics. You see what I'm saying? Now, the Republicans own it just as much as the Democrats. The deep state's at work. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Vice President Kamala Harris says United States and NATO will have a severe response if Russia invades Ukraine. We have prepared together economic measures that will be swift, severe, and united. The vice president speaking at the Munich Security Conference in Germany today and vowing there will be significant and unprecedented economic costs for Russia. Canadian law enforcement on Friday began using crowd control tactics to arrest and push Freedom Convoy peaceful protesters out of downtown Ottawa, where the demonstrators have been protesting the nation's draconian COVID-19 restrictions. Some protesters say they will continue to peacefully assemble in Ottawa. This is USA Radio News. Water. It's essential to life. But it's also something that so many of us here in America take for granted. Imagine how different your life would be without access to clean water in your home. What if you had to walk to the nearest creek, stream, lake, or pond to get water? Suddenly, going to work and school wouldn't be an option because you and your children would have to spend your days collecting water. This is the day-to-day reality of most families living in the world's poorest countries. But what if I told you that you can change that reality for just pennies a day? Through our water projects, Food for the Poor is working to meet the need for water in 17 impoverished countries. But it won't happen without you. Incredibly, it only takes $15 to provide a child access to clean water for life. $15. Decades and decades of access to water for a child. Give the life-changing gift of water now. Just text USA Radio to 91999. Text USA Radio, all one word, to 91999. As border encounters on the U.S.-Mexico border continue to increase, the Supreme Court agrees to hear an immigration policy case. The U.S. Supreme Court agreed to hear President Joe Biden's bid to rescind a hardline immigration policy begun under predecessor Donald Trump that forced tens of thousands of migrants to stay in Mexico to await U.S. hearings on their asylum claims. The justices will hear a Biden administration appeal of a lower court ruling that reinstated the so-called Remain in Mexico policy after the Republican-led states of Texas and Missouri had sued to maintain the program. Biden suspended the policy, which changed longstanding U.S. practice shortly after taking office last year. For the USA Radio Washington Bureau, I'm John Hunt. Former Minnesota police officer Kim Potter has been sentenced to 16 months in prison for killing Dante Wright. Potter says she shot Wright by accident when he resisted arrest and mistaked her service weapon for a taser. USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Eldon Stahl on your radio. Hard-hitting talk always abounds when Liberty Roundtable Live takes to the airwaves. I, I, I just, I don't know where we're going with the U.S. trucker convoy. I pray we don't get violent. But I'm telling you right now, if truckers block the streets of Washington, D.C., I predict the same kind of reaction as Canada. <laughs> you know, we can mock Canada for this, but... Uh, you know, by the time you have the economics reality and, and Joe Biden uh, basically getting saddled with Bidenomics, look who done it, gas pump stickers show and everything else kind of a thing. You combine that with Canada goes toe-to-toe with truckers, writes Tony Perkins, ladies and gentlemen. 
They blasted their horns and sang, Oh, Canada. Some of the protesters. <clears throat> um, sang and were peaceful, but Ottawa police ran, rifled through the campers and arrested people along the routes. Others locked themselves in their cars or defiantly rolled canisters of diesel fuel um, down the blockade. But that's all they did, folks. That was the extent of the backlash. When officers started cracking down on the, quote, Freedom Convoy Friday morning, there were no Molotov cocktails, ladies and gentlemen. Truckers didn't torch government buildings or throw fireworks at mounted police. They didn't do any of those things. Ever since the demonstrations started, they've been composed and peaceful. And the American left simply cannot stand it, ladies and gentlemen. South of the Canadian border, if it's not on fire, it's not a protest. That's what Democrats and their anarchist friends have taught the nation since George Floyd's death, ladies and gentlemen, right? Yeah, sparked the nation with a mob in 2020, right? The year of looting, vandalizing, arson, and general domestic terror. Okay, now listen. What the Canadians managed to accomplish, sadly, is almost unrecognizable to the U.S. left, right? They were peaceful. But the rest of America, well, to us, to the rest of America, it's a refreshing reminder of what kind of civil disobedience this nation used to use to invoke change. It's a peaceful protest, Senator Rand Paul said. He's a Republican of Kentucky. That's what he told the Daily Signal. Clog things up. Make them think about what they're doing. Make them think about that vaccine mandates, he says. In American cities for months, there was no time to think about anything, folks. People were too busy reaching for fire extinguishers, barricading their doors, trying to prevent cities, whole cities from being taken over, boarding up their buildings like we were forced to do here in the nation's capital, Rand Paul says. Wow. So it's no wonder the majority of people in this country applaud Canada for showing the rest of the world and the truckers in Canada showing how it ought to be done. What an, what an effective nonviolent disruption could really be like. But not everyone's lining up the cheer, the shift in strategy. The Democrats still stinging from the blame heaped on them because of the riots are trying to turn the tables on Republicans. Yeah, so where do you go? Do you praise the truckers? Don't you praise the truckers? You know, they want you to believe that the mandate pushback is about race, but it's not. All right. 59% of Americans support the truckers' crusade. Secondly, the Associated Press manipulating everything, comparing apples to oranges. There's a stark contrast between civil disobedience, which is a time-honored reality in America, Versus burning down buildings, looting businesses, creating violence, harming and murdering people. Anyway, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. A big old battle, but 
As Canada goes toe-to-toe with truckers, do you think it can remain peaceful in the United States? Or do you see a repeat, Eldon? Yeah, this could end pretty badly, um, unfortunately, if if it's uh, in Washington, D.C. Um, I think uh, people need to be really careful because – under Biden, they're they're saying, well, okay, let's let's just arrest these people. Let's uh, accuse them of being just um, disturbing something. I I don't know. It's it's just strange. Uh, it's strange, and sadly, I don't know where it goes from here. I don't know if it's going to get violent or not. I don't know if it's going to get crazy. I, I just don't have any crystal ball to know. But I hope, I pray that we can uh, remain peaceful. But I don't know, because in America, they've managed to, the socialists and the communists and everybody else have managed to really saddle us with this dishonest narrative. These provocateurs really cause us trouble, right? And we don't seem to be able to stop it, Eldon. We don't seem to be able to rat out the provocateurs and it goes off the rails. And then we get saddled with the blame. Yeah, it kind of paints people into the corner. I think that's uh, probably deliberate. All right. I want to talk about this Durham revelations for a second. Are you caught up on this? Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So the Durham revelations are basically saying, "Hey, uh, Hillary um, committed fraud, and she literally spied on the Trump campaign before and after he took office." But Joel Skousen wrote an article that I find very fascinating. It says this: the Durham revelations, a cover for larger conspiracies. So understand, there's no way your deep state is going to allow. The real truth about how the Trump presidency was undermined by the deep state. They will never really name the real perpetrators. But you know what? Trump fans continue to hang on to the hope that a special counsel, John Durham, will bring down the deep state. He won't. But he's giving Trump supporters, quote, little crumbs of evidence to keep them hoping into his years-long investigation into Hillary Clinton. What Durham reveals this week does indeed add to the embarrassing facts tying the false steel dossier alleging Trump misconduct with women in Moscow to the Clinton campaign. But you know what? No one's going to prosecute Hillary over this or anything else for that matter, major or minor. She and others like her have, quote, deep state immunity. Do you want to respond to that, Ellen? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, but uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, could be kind of insightful because we've seen in the past. I, it reminds me of when uh, Clinton was impeached. Well, he was impeached, but he should have been impeached and thrown out of office for his treasonous uh, bribery uh, arrangements with uh, with China and transferring to them. Uh, supercomputer technology that now has nuclear warheads um, aimed at our shores. Um, 
that was that was just uh, terribly treasonous, and and now that's that's what's happened. But um, uh, you know, somebody like Hillary, she's probably in a similar um, situation. Of course, her um, <laughs> her husband was president; she wanted to be president. Um, so, but there's certainly people that want to protect her from. Um, but if if they have to, well, okay, throw somebody over, under the bus to protect larger uh, fish from being thrown under the bus or being um, arrested, right? And that's what I think is happening. No one is going to um, at all get Hillary. I know we believe, oh, my gosh, chant lock her up. Now we're going to get her this time. Put Trump in office to us so he'll get her next time. It, not happening, ladies and gentlemen. They have deep state immunity, I'm telling you right now. Special counsel John Durham's team alleged on February 12th that a high-tech executive aligned with the Democratic Party was paid to spy on former President Donald Trump in the White House and his campaign when he was president. So both, in the campaign and when he was president. It was much worse than that, ladies and gentlemen. They faked digital evidence that Trump had ties to the Russian servers. A Russian bank server in... The Trump Tower. Lawyers for the Clinton campaign alleged, allegedly paid the high tech knowledge executive to infiltrate the Trump Tower. Yeah, it's disaster, folks. But nothing is going to happen. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Isn't this great? Just the two of us. No work, no interruptions, no phone, no TV. Finally, we have a chance to just talk. I mean, how long has it been? Well, first of all, we should talk about your schedule. There are a few things that could use some adjusting, but overall, I think it's going all right. Basically, I think we're doing a pretty good job of communicating, which is good. You're doing a really good job of letting me know how you feel about things. I just, I want to keep the, the lines open, if you know what I mean. Jerry? It's four o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? Oh, I was, <laughs> I was just giving Emily a bottle. Who are you talking to? Emily. She's only three weeks old, and she's asleep. I know. I was just practicing. Family, isn't it about time? Isn't this great? Just the three of us. No work, no interruptions, no phone. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
All right, so I know everybody's talking about the Durham revelations as if it's some incredible thing. We're going to lock Hillary up. We're going to get it done. We're going to now Donald's going to bring out his military and he's going to go ahead and do the, uh, you know, a we're going to um, execute all the indictments out there according to QAnon and everything else. And I'm just telling you right now, I, I believe it all to be bogus. I don't think anything's going to happen at all. Nothing's going to happen to Hillary. In fact, Hillary will probably run in 24, ladies and gentlemen, to take on the Donald. She wants round two. I know she's got all kinds of health problems, but so did Biden, and that didn't stop any of them. <laughs> Do you want to respond to that before we move on here, Eldon? That's possible. She seems to be obsessed with trying to become president. I, I, you know, I, I guess if if uh, Biden can run, then uh, Hillary can run too. But uh, it just <laughs> the whole thing seems kind of crazy. It seems crazy, but do you doubt for a second they'll do it? Well, no. These people are, are uh, crazy, I guess. <laughs> Obsessed with power. Yeah, and where it goes, nobody knows. I'll tell you that right now. It's uh, I don't even know how to deal with this. Mass arrests of Ottawa protesters. For what? Huh. For what? What have they done? Yeah. Well, they're starting to use a term now that I want to highlight for you really quick. Make sure you understand, ladies and gentlemen. There is a term called pre-crime surveillance. You ever heard of that, Eldon? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little Sounds bit about like so what exactly is, what is pre-crime surveillance, ladies and gentlemen. You might ask that question, and it would be a very good question to ask. Pre-crime surveillance is... To get enough personal information about you, if you will, to, um, I don't know, monitor you. Social media monitoring programs, watching the Internet, keeping an eye on exactly what you do, uh, looking at what you've done in the past. The Rutherford Institute, our good buddy John Whitehead and others over there, are writing to the Fairfax County School Board in Falls Church, Virginia, to warn officials there about the, quote, pre-crime surveillance agenda they have now adopted. While it may appear commendable at first glance, this school-sponsored social media monitoring program is problematic on multiple fronts, not the least of which is the message that it would send to students that they have no rights to privacy, free speech, or the freedom to explore different ideas and to actually think for themselves this program is tantamount to the Orwellian pre-crime program along with thought police said constitutional attorney John W. Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute he's also author of Battlefield America the war on the American people um, this is the idea here we're going to look at Eldon and say hey you know, Eldon's got all these ties to people that are very radical. He's probably, uh, you know, or Sam Bushman's got ties. To, look, Sam Bushman, you know, he's kind of ground zero. I mean, all the different bad actors that are domestic terrorists Sam has on his radio program, he's kind of like Grand Central. He's kind of like the air traffic controller. He's at ground zero of this now. The school system, for example, there has announced its scheme to impose a, quote, pre-crime surveillance program 
that would be established to, quote, monitor and detour social media threats, hate speech, bullying, and harassment by students. Wow, this brings up serious questions about government surveillance and has a chilling effect on the lawful speech of students, parents, faculty, and more. John's on to something on this one, Eldon. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's just, you know, if people were so disconnected with basic constitutional principles, uh, they they would just say, absolutely not. That's just something we can't can't tolerate whatsoever. They would recognize the threat very quickly. But you got people, especially in the, uh, seems like in the public schools, that are uh, just, you know, they're, they're basically Marxists. You know, so you got to ask yourself, so what exactly is pre-crime surveillance? And that's kind of the real issue here that we got to think about. Um, and it's not just the school board. That's just one example. This is starting to permeate every bit of our society. Um, the, quote, pre-crime surveillance is starting to happen as the truckers gear up. I bet the FBI, Eldon, is literally digging into the truckers' backgrounds, those who might be uh, considering joining. And what will yeah. pre-crime surveillance look like when it comes to the truckers? Uh, they did post-crime surveillance now. And we're tr it's turning out they did pre-crime as well uh, on those who were involved in January the 6th. We're seeing a pattern here that's very, very scary, Eldon. Yes, it is. And, uh, boy, uh, you know, we underscores the importance of, uh, well, you know, who's who's going to be your uh, – come right down to the county attorney or the city attorney or, um, you know, who's, who's going to be, um, of course, president but governor. Uh, sheriff, all of these things, make sure that they reject that. Uh, um, who's going to be your state legislator? Are they going to legislate against us? Uh, just prohibit it. Well, we pray they don't. Ladies and gentlemen, you must stand up at the local level. That's where the answers are going to be found. That's where the solutions really are. We the people, county by county on the local level, uh, standing together with our constitutional sheriff and constitutionally elected officials who will stand for the rule of law, who will keep their oaths of office, and who will understand the checks and balances that truly made America great. we got to return to that, folks. All right, Ron Paul has an update for us, as he does every week. The Ron Paul Report uh, is something that I really treasure. He does a great job. He's been doing it for decades, but it is spot on on Liberty Roundtable Live. Hello, this is Ron Paul with your weekly update for Monday, February 14th. Will Biden lead us into the stupidest war in history? Over the weekend, we heard that the U.S. is evacuating its embassy in Kiev for fear of a Russian invasion. We also heard that Russia is evacuating its embassy in Kiev for fear of a U.S.-backed provocation in eastern Ukraine that may lead to a Russian military response. We are in uncharted territory, the media tells us. Yes, that is true. But it is uncharted because no one had ever imagined in the past that the U.S. government would be so foolish to risk a thermonuclear war over the borders of a country, Ukraine, that have changed so many times over the past century. 
of all things to draw a line in the sand over the question of who runs Ukraine or where its borders might be should be pretty near the bottom of the list. An urgent Biden-Putin phone call on Saturday did not lead to any breakthrough, as if anyone thought it would. Instead, it provided cover for Biden administration hawks to claim they tried every diplomatic approach, but war seems to be the only option. But this whole thing is a farce, as I see it. Here is the Ukraine crisis in a nutshell. Biden to Putin. Don't invade Ukraine. Putin to Biden. We have no intention of invading Ukraine. Biden to the media. Putin is about to invade Ukraine. And Biden's top officials proceeded to embarrass themselves by warning that the invasion was imminent or it's coming next Tuesday or Wednesday or surely before the end of the Olympics. Does anyone think they have any credibility left with their constant hysterical warnings? Meanwhile, the U.S. intelligence continues to leak incendiary information, likely self-serving, to a U.S. media that has lost any interest in skepticism toward any scoop handed down by the U.S. government officials. What the U.S. media will not report is that the entire crisis and the threat of a serious war has all been brought about by U.S. interference in the internal affairs of Ukraine, specifically the U.S. back coup that overthrew an elected government in 2014. Every bit of unrest in Ukraine proceeded from that single foolish and immoral act by the Obama administration. Thanks for listening. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Ran, to Ron repeat Paul, the announcement, press 1. Ron Paul uh, literally says, hey, are we going to enter the most stupid war ever? And even The Hill, a very liberal organization, says Biden brings the world closer to nuclear war. The Hill. Uh, this is a manufactured uh, reality by Biden. And I hate to return to this. I know we talked about the war a little bit last hour. But it seems like it's a Ukraine mirage. Biden to take credit for stopping his own manufactured crisis. Jordan Schatzkill on Ron Paul Institute has that one. Uh, that's what we're seeing. Eldon? Oh, yeah. Well, Ron Paul once again hits it out of the park. Um, <laughs> he actually uh, did hit it out of the park in the congressional uh, baseball game, didn't he? But. Boy, he's uh, such a such a good uh, analysis of this whole whole thing. Just simplifies it for the average person. We have no business getting involved in this. And, and yeah, Biden is just saying, "Well, they're they're going to invade sometime. <laughs> we need to be ready." Okay, well, um, and and now he's going to take credit for uh, being a peacemaker. Uh, it's uh, we just need to stay out of this. Will Joe Biden lead us into another stupid war? What do you say? I want to crystal ball a little bit, Eldon. Will Joe lead us into another stupid war? If we allow him to, he will. Uh, I think we just need to say enough is enough. We're done with this. We're going to 
the best way to do that is to just refuse to allow the president or international organizations to decide on this. It should be the Congress. And I don't, I don't know that the Congress really even has much appetite to go to war with Russia either. They but don't. They also often, don't have an appetite. They also don't have an appetite to gen, jealously guard their authority uh, and wrest right. it from the president either. That's right. They always want to delegate and say, well, the president thinks it's uh, wise to do this. Let's do it. But, no, that's not how it should be. And uh, we, we pay for that with blood and treasure. Oh, boy, ladies and gentlemen, we're in serious trouble in America. It's time to pray hard, isn't it? And the last headline for you, I'll talk about this more another day. Vitamin D deficiency was linked to worst health outcomes regarding COVID-19 patients, ladies and gentlemen, including high risk of death, a new study found. We told you vitamin D and vitamin C and zinc and all these things were key, and they mocked us and laughed at us. Now evidence proves we were right once again. Imagine that. And we're right going to war is disaster. Pray we stand for peace. Pray we stay out of foreign entanglements. Eldon Stahl, John Birch Society, JBS.org, TheNewAmerican.com. Thank you so much, my friend. Oh, thank you, Sam. It's great to be on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Liberty Roundtable Live. We need your financial support. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Donate liberally, would you please? And God save the republic.